Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. I hope you're well. I'm okay. I've had sleep, which is, 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 is insane, really, frankly. If you're new to this podcast, I'll just let you know that I have two kids. Well, we have two kids. Um, the wife and I. And um, gosh, it's, it's, it's quite something, isn't it, having kids? If you don't have them, I suggest you think long and hard about it before you do. Uh, put your penis or open your vagina to the possibilities of, of, of baby making. I said penis and vagina there. Sorry, if you're British. It's a terrible thing, mentioning genitalia. Uh, if you're American, just, I think, is it okay? If you're Australian, I think it's okay. Um, I don't know. If you're Korean, is that okay? What, are they, what about if you're Brazilian? Are you allowed to mention genitalia on a podcast? Or is it, does it offend you? God, I don't know. Who knows? Penis, 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 vagina, vagina, vagina. My God, what is this man doing? Um, it's it's one of those things. I'm totally sleep deprived most of the time. But there's, there has it's like the eye of the storm has passed over us. And we're getting this sort of week of really good sleep. That said, is it the eye of the storm? And is there all kinds of hell coming? Probably. Probably. Anyway, about three or four minutes left of this, and then we're on to the conversation. Uh, with with Hayley, Hayley May. So uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Hayley before the conversation. It might help you. Um, I, I came to love Hayley's music all of about a month ago. Um, because of the TV series Made. Made, I think, is basically as popular, if not more popular, than The Queen's Gambit, which is currently running on Netflix. They're both running on Netflix. And uh, it was very, very knocked knocked out by Made. It was beautiful, poignant, intense, uh, and often quite charming. And... Uh, it enables you to get a, an idea of what it must be like to navigate your way through a welfare system whilst being a single mother in any country, I should imagine. And yeah, if you haven't already, then do watch Made. It's fantastic. But the soundtrack is what really um, powers it along as well. And a, the, a song in particular by Hayley May features in it, and it's called like a woman should and I, I heard it and I was immediately captivated it really it just pinged out really did I how often do you ever do that how often do you ever like stop a tv series and and have to look up a song not very often I don't do that very often and I had to with this one and then I think I listened to it about five times in one night came down in the morning thinking oh I'm just tired and weird and being weird. but no put it on again it it, it produced Tears in my eyes. I absolutely loved it so much. So Hayley and I talk a lot about um, feminism and uh, sexism within the music industry. It's not how you think it will go. I think she's on a journey um, that is quite combative and, and interesting in, in terms of her own uh, understand, not understanding, but I, I suppose her own appreciation of what it is to be female and within the music industry. And... I have my own opinion and we 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 have a bit of back and forth and it's wonderful frankly because you know what it's like nowadays it's very it's very hard to have a kind of middle of the road opinion you kind of have to be on the extremes in order to kind of have any um, validation it seems or so it seems 
But anyway, you'll you'll see what I mean when when the conversation starts. And um, yeah, I don't know. If, if like I said, I have had conversation. Uh, I have had conversation with someone who was on Made, uh, B.J. Harrison. If you want to go back and check that conversation out, it's well worth your time. She's wonderful. She's a wonderful woman, and. I found it very interesting talking to a black woman about um, her experiences within the industry. Uh, this was all, um, acting, uh, performing industry. So, and I think I think it's a little bit more interesting because she is black, and also the fact that what would it be like to be black and totally dependent upon the welfare welfare system in in America or any country, and and be a woman. With a, with, a, with a kid. I just wonder what that would be like. And a part of me thinks it would probably be quite a little, quite a little more tricky. So that conversation is well worth hunting down. Uh, BJ Harrison. That's on the Limehouse podcast. So look, yeah, if you are new, thank you so much for popping along. Uh, I've got uh, previous conversations you might want to check out um, with uh, some fantastic musicians on this very, very podcast. And not only musicians, actors as well, and journalists, and politicians. And I don't know why I'm adopting this frame of voice or tone of voice. It's very strange. Anyway, I'm off out. I'm going to go and see Pigs, 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 the rock band from Newcastle. And I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to do something um, outside of sleep deprivation and what have you. I hope you're going to do something meaningful with your week. If, If you're not, then fine, don't. Don't worry about it. Um, um, if you are going to do something profound, do it. Don't pause. Don't press stop. Press play and keep going. Keep moving forward with whatever you're doing in life. Please, for the love of God, we need it. We need some energy, some good vibes in this world. Oh, especially moving into winter, let's face it. Anyway, rock on. Enjoy the podcast. I'll see you on Twitter at Limehouse Pod or Instagram. The Limehouse Podcast, Twitter again, at Limehouse Pod. Rock on. Stay safe and <sighs> Hayley May, check her music out. Sometimes I wish that I was, wish that I was, wish that I was born in another time. In the future, she might always born, she might always born, born into a world where suddenly like I could walk the street. Yeah, so it That's just right. feels, um, you know, ununique to talk about. It's like, and it's also yeah, just kind of COVID. boring. It's like everyone's yeah. been talking about the pandemic for two years. Yeah, no, exactly. But it doesn't feel like that, I suppose. It just feels because it was so, it's, it's so intense. It just feels very and un- unbelievably unique. It just, it, it just, yeah. And, and and the way it affected absolutely every si- single sinew of life is is something as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, how how is how has it affected your your sort of state of mind and and getting these beautiful songs out there to the world and what have you in the live experience? I, it's funny. It kind of culminated in a time when I was trying to do a lot of adapting anyway, um, so it just kind of forced my hand a bit, um, yeah. and actually kind of made me feel less alone um, in having to adapt so in a way it was 
I'm one of those people that didn't have a bad, like I just kind of made the most of it. Um, yeah. And like, there's a lot of things that I found I had time for that actually are really pivotal in feeling confident moving forward with my solo stuff now. Like before, before all that, there was like this kind of rat race element to the music industry and there still is, but there was all these rules that have now been broken. Like the show must go on. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, not necessarily. <laughs> it could yeah. be postponed over and over and over again. Yeah. And then like, and then that you have to be immediately good live. Like if you've got any kind of reputation at all and yeah. you're coming out with a new, um, I, got, I had a chat with my manager and he was like, you know, this is just going to have to be good straight away because you've got, and I was like, it can't. Things take time. Good things take yeah. time. And the whole industry was really impatient like that. It was just like it had no notion of like how long it takes to make something good and, you know, why someone's first album is often good as it's taken them years to build up to it. And then their mm -hmm. second album can be a little bit more like, of a rush because they've got that cycle the whole oppressive nature of the cycle of the music industry that once you enter it it's just like rush 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 produce produce i think a lot of that fell away and okay. and you know like with everything it was like it wasn't all about making money and keeping up it was like oh okay we actually have to slow down there's no one to keep up with yeah yeah but, I but then for me it was about what well, do you persist through this and it was definitely important like what choices you make during this pandemic kind of matter as to whether you're going to come out on the other end of it as a musician still okay god that's big so we're talking like pretty fundamental choices yeah but i think it kind of it stripped it down to the bare bones a bit and it was like well do you want to do this or not because if you were caught up in the industry and the hoo-ha of it all before all that's gone you can make no money off it you'd like <laughs> there's no, there's nothing cool about it really at this point it's just hard mm. and so if you don't really if it's not a complete compulsion for you to do this then you may as well just get another job and like just kind of yeah i mean yeah because you've 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 been in it long enough to know what what is required and how much of your soul you have to give uh how much of your you know bandwidth you have to give on a daily basis and, and if you want to if you really want to stay afloat so i mean that is that is definitely something i if, I, um, yeah yeah i mean if i'm honest with you i think that consistently becomes more as time goes on like the, the demands of being a musician and therefore the test of whether you really want to is like harder and harder all the time. Like yeah. the money is less, but the work is more. Yeah. You have to produce more, but no one buys it. Um, like uh, consistently over time, I've just noticed that like there's so, and partly because there's so many more musicians who like the democratization of. Yeah all these industries due to whatever technologies have been evolving and that's kind of cool but at the same time it means it's harder to push through like it's so much harder to get heard and then if you add a global pandemic on that like exposure is just pretty impossible for a lot of people and so you really had to want it to keep persisting yeah but no, i do 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I can imagine that. You do strike me as someone who's got quite a lot of motivation. I think coming out of like Jezebel's and then giving you giving yourself, right, you know, I do want to carry on doing this. well i was luckily i had my existential crisis before the pandemic i think um if i'd been having it during it might have broken me but i had five years of kind of being a lost soul before i started really getting my solo stuff together and it just happened Mm. that i was ready to go when the pandemic hit if the pandemic had hit three years before i don't know if i'd have a solo career to be honest i think i would have just been broken by it but Jesus, um, there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot to sort of americanize it uh, unpack there's an awful lot to unpack there um so uh, when, any, <laughs> when anyone says existential to me i my ears prick up because i'm a bit of an existentialist myself not in a cunty way part of my language not in like mean, a, hey when you say an existentialist do you mean you've read nature and think that no god no or you actually think that like are you a nihilist i'm definitely not a nihilist no way Jose. what do you mean uh, by existentialist like so i i think like existential and uh it, this is just it's just me here i am born into the world on my own i will go out on my own there i don't i'm certainly not a sociopath well i think there are no sort of recriminations for my actions but um i do think you look at the world and it's hard not to go um god are you are you there well, without god it is a difficult thing but I am of the opinion that we live as if there is some deeper meaning, even if we don't officially believe there is, whether it's God or not. Our traditions and morality are so old and, like, you know, they're they're basically instinctive. Like, instincts and knowledge that you have that you don't know that you have. And I feel like there's a there's a religiosity or a fundamental kind of knowing what's right and wrong that's in there regardless of whether you technically believe in god yeah yeah you know? no, no no exactly and 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 hopefully you're you know you've you've had a, enough of an upbringing and and your your parents have been um there present enough to guide you i suppose at a young age but um or you so find when- like information because a lot of people aren't brought up with much guidance like personally i was brought up in quite a chaotic and fairly nihilistic kind of setting and i was a bit of a nihilist as a teenager mm-hmm. and it was i found meaning probably through becoming a musician and like creating myself a bit more and mm-hmm. and through reading books and through talking to people and so we're lucky these days because it's not just your parental upbringing. Like you can be kind of fucked over by your parents. Not saying I was, but they were not strict. They were hippies. There was chaos. Every truth was subjective. There was no right answer. And that can fuck your brain. Sometimes you wouldn't mind just like a right answer and some freaking discipline. Yes. <laughs> a bit of direction. Yes. Um, even if it means the kind of direction that you want to rebel against later. I'm like the anti-hippie. Like, I think discipline's great. I reckon hard work's really good for you. I, like, I'm the most, it's funny, being the rock musician, I'm probably the most straight square in my family. Like, I went to uni, I, like, finished school. But, yeah, I think you're lucky enough because even if your parents don't give you that grounding, you can find it 
on the internet. But you can also find even more chaos on the internet. So it's a dangerous place. So yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like you just you just need to be put in. Like I I know exactly what you mean. You need parameters, and you need, uh, yeah. I, I I do. I I flourish in those uh, environments. If someone said to me in an early age when I was in bands, look, do A, B, C, and D, and you'll probably get way more success. I was doing A, B, F, Z, one plus minus equals seventeen, and getting <laughs> fucked and wasting my time. Right? If, yeah, yeah. You know, once you work out the the puzzle a little bit, once you work out the equation, it, it becomes easier. Um, it's I, amazing, I pres- though, that you can't really be told that. Yes. You have to work yeah. it out. Like, there's so many lessons you just can't be told. Like, even if my parents had told me that stuff, I just don't know if I'd believe them. Like, they did try and tell me some stuff, and I didn't listen. Yeah. So... <laughs> You yeah. just kind of got to have a few failures to work it out. Um, was it was it you that I was meant to write a, something about, like a woman should on for, and I forgot to? No, but you can no. if you like. No, that was a different different one. It was just funny because it was to do with Made, the yes. TV series. Yeah. And I think about that mother a lot in terms of yeah. this kind of, particularly our generation that grew up in like with chaotic parents that were almost like the kid, like the, the people who of the seventies who then had kids and didn't really give them much discipline and ended up, you know, it ends up that the kid becomes the parent. And I really related to that. So show. You, you, you had that <laughs> vibe because yeah, the Andy McDowell character is um, very, it's, it, this one, because I, I just finished reading the book actually stephanie land's book and yeah yeah yeah. it's really good but it's it's very 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 different to the the tv series but um it's in it's interesting that you you mentioned that and and also that obviously your music's on that show and you could you can go oh um i completely relate to this in many in many aspects is that is that something that because womanhood um is such a big part of it obviously it's a driving force of it did um you and you were able to relate to that. Did you did you pick up the phone to your mum or anything like that, or did you have <laughs> did you did you go back in time and really really unpack know some stuff? A little bit. I mean, I thought it was really well done in a really contemporary way because um, <laughs> I said my mum texted me going the mother, and I was like, she is literally <laughs> combined. She is my mum and my dad combined, but all oh their words part. Or their worst oh, part. Okay. <laughs> you know, they have other good attributes, but like all of the chaotic, horrible parts of them are just her. And I was like, that's like, and she was like, the girl reminds me of you. And I'm like, yeah, there's a reason. It's because wow. you're like, oh. <laughs> but, that's um, brilliant. but yeah, no, I, what I really liked about that show is I know it's, it's about womanhood to an extent, but I more saw it and, maybe this ties into why the lyrics of my song are also not just about being a woman. I kind of saw it about like, I thought it was, it represented the difficulties of the men really well as well. And like, I saw it about a cycle of trauma and how difficult it is to break on all sides. Like, even though it would be politically on trend to say that the dad was a dick, I get where he was coming from in trying to not, he was trying to help 
the husband not become what he was. And he had this old patriarchal way of looking at it, but he could see himself in that kid and he was trying to keep him on track and keep him sober and and he didn't want the family to break up and he didn't want her to leave him and uh, like i could totally get where he was coming from and i could totally get where the the abusive partner was coming from that he'd come from this horrible place and i i really liked that it didn't just vilify men because i think that's the troubling part of the conversations about violence and women when when these days we like to vilify men particularly white men and it just doesn't work like the vilifying thing it's like scapegoating it just doesn't get anywhere productive and i think it sometimes makes things worse and creates reactionary cultures so i really liked that about that show i just thought it was like nailing a lot of things Wow, you've 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 answered everything there. That was it's so it's so good that it spoke to you so in such detail, and also you basically processed it in such a such a great way. Because I, I you know I, I was addicted to that, and uh, and I, I watched. I feel like I've I could watch it many many times over. But um, uh, I, I think mainly because I'm so thirsty for female led um, programs and what have you and um, stories. I and yes, it was. Why are taken. you so thirsty for those? Because there aren't very many, Haley. There, there are, but I feel like they're everywhere they're, all the time na- now. now. But I'm 40 years old, so we're talking like fucking like 30 years of catch up, right? Oh, and it's new. To you. It's new. Like I guess yeah. it's a split of time. It's because for me, I'm like I'm almost, I'm almost sick of it. Like everything being about <laughs> women. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's so good to see a woman in music. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They're everywhere. They're dominating yeah. all the time. It's harder to be a guy in music these days because yeah. people are like, ah, oh, they're dudes. Like, what's interesting about that? <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's just always about the music. I, I've never, I mean, there, there, there's there's a really good song on Six Music at the moment talking about um the disgusting way a, a guy behaves in a, in a in a relationship and what have you and i i can't remember who it is and then there's uh, she drew the gun and that that's really cool and i um but but largely you know if the song's good i don't really give a, a crap whether it's a guy or a girl or what have you but um or a days, though, singing. The, the, your ability to hear it will be limited by the fact that there is an identity politics in the process of most curation of most things these days like there's an active kind of i guess it's a culture of affirmative action i don't know if that's the right word of trying to bring forward certain groups and so like which is which is fine i think i don't i don't have enough knowledge of the effects of affirmative action to say whether it's a good or bad thing um it's not really my area of expertise but i i think (laughs) like yeah, you definitely, I, I mean, it, I remember feeling like, to me, feminism was more interesting when I started the Jezebels to me than it is now. Because okay. now I'm like, it's the mainstream narrative. Like, it's not, it's not unique. It's not fringe. Yep. It's basically, if you're not one, you could lose your job. Right, so and it <laughs> some, it, it, it has become owned, right, by uh, yeah. more of a pop. There is definitely a populist factor to it, definitely, and ironically, um, that there's a populist radical factor to it. That yeah, 
can be quite alienating and that concerns me. Yeah. Which is but again why okay. I like that because it wasn't it wasn't radical and it wasn't anti-male and it wasn't anti-female. Um it was it was quite it was quite balanced and and unique in that way, I thought. And and it and it was really well received. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't hear an awful lot of backlash about it, um, you know, and and what have you. And and it's true because you know the the, the Sean character in it, the the father uh, um, character who is trying to get Alex back in his own way. Simply, he keeps, he keeps giving her up though. Yeah. He's like, I actually, I can't do this. You're right. You're right. You need to take her. Yeah. And it's really like he, he, you know, he doesn't make her go through the custody in the end. And he's actually quite likable yeah. in a lot of ways because he's trying, but he's just yeah. failing. And it's, it's great. It's just the so human, great. The human yeah. side of it. But, I mean, in terms of, it, of, of, of feminism, and this isn't really my, it wasn't really my intention. I suppose it was my intention to talk about that, certainly because of how I came about your music, but because of Made. But, um you know, um, I think there is a danger that feminism does get owned by, um, like so much of, of, of um, topics and what have you, and not topics, but isms this, these these days, is, is it gets taken over by a hard left or a hard right faction and, and away you go. And, and it's sort of like, you know, transgender rights and all that. And, um, and, and it's not just, and, and the problem is it moves away from just the basic fact we're just all humans trying to love each other. Well, and I think you kind of, nailed it like but but i do wonder if there's actually something inherent in the isming that makes it susceptible to being taken over by factions Mm. because it's tribalism ultimately and it's like when you when you take it away from like we're all just people then you're all automatically doing an ism and that you're already sort of, you've got an ideology and a framework. And we have this ability when we've got a framework that we're possessed by to like, to find it, you know, like to see it in everything. Like I remember when I started the Jezebels years ago and I was studying gender studies at university and feminism possessed me and I defriended my dad for years. I couldn't speak to him. I saw him so differently. It really actually kind of ruined my relationship with my father for years. And then I came out of it and I realised I'd sort of been taken over by this idea and it wasn't the only way of looking at things. Right. And it had had a lot of destructive uh, effects on my life. And it was basically all my early 20s. Feminism to me was this idea that the patriarchy stops you doing things. And and it was mainly women that told me that. Like I never had a man tell me. I realised I'd never had a man tell me I couldn't do anything. Like I'm lucky. I'm sure that's happened. But I'd never had that. And so ultimately the oppression of the patriarchy was actually just a concept in my head. And in when I realised that, I was like, maybe I should test this boundary rather yeah. than obsessing with it. Like maybe I should actually move forward in my life and try some of the shit that I'm being told I can't do by the patriarchy. And for me, that was like tangible stuff like playing guitar, like instruments, like taking 
control of the physical world. Like I always knew I could sing and that was my domain because that was a feminine thing to do. But like, <laughs> and that was something that I had never been told I couldn't do by the patriarchy. But then it was like, uh, what about if I start learning how to do production, which is ultimately a male domain? Mm-hmm. No male has done anything but try and help me. Like I've never been anything but, and I know we're living in a different world, but I wonder how much of it and how much of it. Well, a lot of males have helped you because there aren't very many female people in production, right? Yeah, and I'm sure that once there's 50-50 or we take over that one, then they'll be like, all right, come on, we're not special anymore. But it's, but my point more is that like I just, I don't find people trying to stop other people from doing stuff. What stopped me was that a bunch of older feminists told me (laughs) that you don't, you don't do this. The male, the male stop you. And it's a, I'm sure it must have been true when they were younger. And, but I, I, what I'm interested in is not so much that the oppression was never real, but how much telling people about the oppression and how much talking about the oppression manifests it. Creates walls. Yeah, like how yeah. much me thinking about I'm being stopped. Because mm. I'm sure talking about it must be a part of bringing it down as well, but mm. where does it become the line where it actually creates itself? And, mm. and yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that you can look at the patriarchy as not necessarily being aimed at oppressing women but actually having been historically aimed at protecting them in a harder time when nature was a fiercer adversary and technology wasn't as good and you know a lot of the technology we've developed men have developed (laughs) has been part of what's liberated us so I, i i i just my but eyes women, women would have women would have developed it and you know we know now you know we know now but, but it wasn't men but, it wasn't men that was stopping like it wasn't men that gave women periods and childbirth i mean no. it was i guess but if they could have just had children with them uh but like <laughs> it wasn't men that made us physically generally weaker you know it wasn't men that created like floods and fucking lions like there have been we are, natural we're trying threat. to create floods now with uh, climate change but anyway yeah, I, I take your point <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. i mean maybe they were just turning the large hadron collider all the time on, right and it was yeah fucking i don't know i just I, i'm just not certain of the the inherent evil of what of being behind the, the patriarchal structures and mm. it's just, I've just ha- I've done a one eighty on it. I just don't. I shouldn't it be saying. It does sound like you. It does sound career. like you have. I, I completely have. I completely have. I don't. I mean, I think women. I always thought that women had a certain kind of power, and that that must be why people felt the need to oppress them. And mm. that power is the giving birth of the children, um, and also sex. <laughs> like the ability to say yes or no to a potential mate. Like there, we have power, but in my upbringing, feminism told me that we were completely disempowered, and right. that it was. And so it's like, well, yeah, was it was it men telling me that, or was it feminists telling me that? 
Right. I should I not be saying this. <laughs> well, no, no, it's fine. It's just, it's, it's just very, it's very honest of you. It's very open, um, and it's very. It sounds like you know there is a, there is a bit of a struggle with within you, which is fine because I think that's just a really honest thing. I, I have that as well. Like I, I, I spoke. Um, we're hearing you talk there, you know, and about female empowerment is very interesting to me because I do think that um, there aren't. But this is what I'm told. So what I'm doing is technically what you've said we're, I'm relaying stuff that I've been told on the news or on this left wing thing that I've just um, read um, in the Guardian column and I'm being told to because I trust that format that I trust that platform rather that I'm I'm regurgitating stuff to a degree but then when I'm you know I'm hearing you say you know I've got nothing but love from men for doing this produ- production course but and I, I'm thinking well yeah there's fuckloads of men around there because there aren't enough women because they've because they're told they that's not for them. But then again, I'm are saying they told that, that or are they just not that interested? Ex- exactly. So there we go, you see, because it, it comes full <laughs> circle back to where you were, which is making a very valid point. Um, whether you decide to fight against that isms, those you can't do that because you're a woman, or is it that you've, you be, you can't do it because you've been told by, a pa- you know, the patriarchy that you can't. And, and take, take, Sorry. No, I'm just saying, I think it's a mixture of everything. I think I, it's I think a mixture. It's, it's a mixture, but it's and you can only really go on your personal experience. But like, right. for example, take being told production, being told by the patriarchy that you can't do it. Well, it's not like the patriarchy is some guy that comes up to me and goes, "You can't do it." The patriarchy, as we understand it, telling me I can't do it is the fact that every producer I've ever seen is a guy, yeah, and ever worked with is a guy. However. A lot of my musical um, idols were male singers. I, I was obsessed with David Bowie, Roy Orbison, um, Freddie Mercury, and there's a few women in there, but they come in later. Like mm. my early, uh, the Righteous Brothers, my earliest influences were all men, and I didn't think, oh, they're men and they sing. Uh, when I was a kid, because singing was the first thing I ever did, I heard male singing, mainly maybe my dad was listening to it, I don't know, and I imitated them and they made me want to be a singer and I wanted to be a singer and no one ever was like, no, you can't be a singer. <laughs> and, and them being males didn't make me think, oh, but I'm female, I can't be a singer. That was when I was a kid and I hadn't learned shame and all the things I can't do. Then yeah. later when I think about other things, production, maybe instruments, a few other things that later interest me, I've got the fear and the teenage stuff and I start noticing, I've been told that like women get stopped doing stuff and I start noticing the men. And it's like, what comes first? Like, because I don't think if I was four and I was around male producers that I'd be like, I can't press those buttons because you're a man and I'm a woman. I think it's to do with, I think it's to do with maybe the fact that you get into production later than you get into singing. Oh, absolutely. And you've already learned this super ego stuff that's like, and there's the patriarchy, by the way. So every time you see a male doing something, that's something you can't do. (laughs) Right. I I see it. I see it. And I I really hear your, 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 um, fight is it a fight or like discourse I've, I've, there's definitely a discourse but it's, it's open it's not like you've closed your mind it, there is definitely this thing there is a it's conversation hard. going on with you 
it's a conversation that I'm having because I'm really conflicted about this because to be quite honest with you, some of the thoughts I have, I really don't think you're allowed to voice. And mm. so when I, so I can't work out what I think because I can't converse with many people about it. And you because work not out to. by saying them. Like I'm practicing this idea on you. <laughs> like I don't know if it's what I think. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of yeah. getting it out and it's sort of making sense, but I'd probably perfect it if I could hear it back. But it's like, if I can't say this stuff to anyone because I'm an anti-feminist now and therefore I shouldn't <laughs> get played on the radio and blah, 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 or yeah. whatever, then it's like, well, I don't even know if I thought that, but I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, I but don't, it's fine. It's, it's just playing stuff out, right? It's, it's, it's conversing yeah. and, and it, it, okay, yeah, you know, it's, um, it can be, um, yeah, it, it can be really tricky. And I, I often have this with, with, with guests. I, I, when I'm voicing my own personal opinion, fuck, it can be about bloody, and honestly, it can be about anything. It could be like that chorus in like American Girl by Tom Petty. Oh, it could be a little bit more like this or something. And then you, you're afraid that fucking crazy people on Twitter are going to come on and pound the crap out of you. So you have to like make adjustments for that. And, um, but this is obviously a <laughs> it's a huge topic but it's great to be able to talk with you about it in uh, a kind of like respectful uh, safe I feel quite safe talking with you about that you know um it's just a funny one because you can always as the feminist said you know the personal's political so I I yeah. always feel much more comfortable talking on my own experience because it's like I'm kind of I am actually a professional on that like, and no one else is, and you can't really say I'm wrong if I just say this is how I feel. And this mm. is, you know, and I, I I, do believe that objective truths exist, but all I'm saying is from my experience, I'm not saying that, like, oppression hasn't occurred on the basis of gender to mm. other people. And yeah. I think feminism is a really important topic in terms of, like, yeah, I don't know, ISIS, <laughs> you know globally it's like it's not unimportant all i mean is like just like the echelon of radical feminism that's taken over the west and makes me a woman feel like i can't express my feelings on feminism why don't you just grow a penis <laughs> oh, <laughs> then i'd be able to right. um yeah so yeah no, no, it's cool. I just want to flip because I've got to finish in about fifteen minutes. Because um, yeah, were you? Wife, why were you? What were we even meant to be talking about? Sorry, I no, just, just life, mad. just shit. I, it doesn't really matter. I did want to talk specifically about that, so that's great. Um, and I'm really excited that we've actually done like half an hour on that because that's, you know, and I could do more, frankly. But um, I, I just I do want to talk about um, you know, you and music, and like I know we touched on it there. Like you know, your influences were male. Um, but you know, I mean, I've been listening to like a woman. The early ones. Yeah, I've been listening to like a like a woman should and what have you for like I don't know a month now, and every time, and 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 I swear on my father's grave that every time I listen to that song, it brings a tear to my eye, and I that <laughs> is that is, but it's magic. It's it's magic to be able to create that 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 what the fuck is that like that is very unique. I've spoken to a few people that um, like have songs. Um, a notch underneath that, which is pretty goddamn amazing to have that. But this is just a different level. Do, do, when you, when this chorus kicks in, it's just like, 
it's ridiculous. It's so good. And <laughs> well, I like you. We can chat more. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have, and you know, and I don't, and I hate when people, you know, go hyperbole and they use all this crazy fucking thing when they talk to someone and they go, well, of course he's going to say that because he's talking oh. to that person now. But that not many people even, say they cry when they hear songs. I don't think people yeah, make that. well well up. Okay, I haven't sobbed yet, but maybe that's coming. A tear, um, a tear to the eye is what you said. Yeah. Did you did you listen to that chorus in the studio for the first time or not the first time? And did you have an emotional reaction to it as well? Or were you just like, yeah, that's all right, mate, you know, on to the next one? It wasn't so much in the studio. I mean, I'm like, ironically, I'm not really a production person. I'm a okay. songwriter. And like, okay. I, I'm, you're, you're doing I'm the wrong doing course, the Hayley. Yeah, I'm doing the production to become more knowledgeable about the shit that I'm not naturally inclined towards because I think it's good right. to have an understanding of how things work. But I'm a I'm a like skeleton song person. Like I'm the kind of person who you can show a voice memo to and I'll be like, that's a fucking hit. Or it's just not a good me- – like I'm a melody person. So yeah. when I had my moment with that, it's not to say the production doesn't matter to me, but – I had that moment well before the finished song. Like I had it when the melody came to me when I was kind of pissed at, at like 10 p.m. in Edinburgh on a winter night when Johnny was away and I was like had like two and a half bottles of wine or something and I just wrote it. It just came out and I was like, oh, that's a fucking good chorus. Yeah. It came out in, in gibberish and then like, it was just like, love and warm shit. And I was like, okay, that's that's those words. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a good, that's one of the ones where most songwriters acknowledge that like some of them feel like they came from the muses. Some of right. them created, and it's important to keep writing them and creating them, even if they're not coming so easily because that's like honing your craft or whatever. But when you're like well-practiced in honing your craft and you're kind of quite fluid with it, they can just come from the walls and you're like, I didn't do that one. Right. Thank you. I know, I know, I know precisely what you mean there. I love, I, I, yeah, you, you've, yeah, you've nailed that because so much like I, you know, I, I, I've done music and what have you and in, and in, in rehearsal studios, sometimes you are, you just still like just for a split second, something is working, something else is working through you. I'm not saying that that's Jesus. I'm not saying that's the almighty. <laughs> I uh, think it might be nature. <laughs> <laughs> But it's sometimes if you just let yourself go and and you just you just turn off all that outside crap and let your influences and and all that just come in, they can really whether you do that deliberately or it just comes to you when you're shit faced in Edinburgh, you know it's, it's quite cool. But like because um, the vocal um, the vocal um, uh, deli- you know delivery on this is on 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 this track is like it's something else man it's like got the dusty springfield the thank you wildness to it do you know what though? i only heard that this morning after listening to this song 50 times and i was like fucking hell man like dust there's definitely some dusty shit going on in here as well like and the falsetto and stuff in that that how you build that is just fucking nuts it comes back to the singing thing which we talked a little bit about the production and the patriarchy before but like in terms of what I, I really love singers. Like mm. the first song I ever learned to sing was Unchained Melody because oh I saw God. it on the movie Goat when I was four and coincidentally I went to the bathroom and my dad had like a 
a book of songs in the toilet. And I thought I you were going to say a clay, a mound of clay. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> yeah, I had a pottery wheel and Patrick Swayze was in there. Um, no, it was like a book of songs and I recognised the lyrics because I wouldn't have recognised the title because it doesn't say it in there. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's that song that I love. And this is, you know, like 91 or something. So it's not like I could Google it yeah. or look at it, at it again. I had to like remember it. And then be like, Dad, next time Ghosts ever on the TV, we have to tape it so that I can learn this song. And he was like, okay. But then he kind of knew it and I think he found a record of it. Anyway, it was like yeah. it was hard to learn this song and hard to find it. And we did. And then, well, I learned to sing that. And I was just like, that vocal take yeah. to me, like I get angry at people when they cover that song, even though I did it once on Instagram. Because I'm like, you can't just that is just you can't you do it better than that. <laughs> yeah, the melody and the fact that it's called Unchained Melody. And I think I've always gone, then I discovered Kate Bush in high school. Okay. I mean, I always had those like 70s dudes that were really quite dramatic, like your Bowie's and your Queen and all that stuff. So there's always yeah. been the drama and the, you know, the performance side of it that I liked. But and I went down the kind of Kate Bush sort of almost histrionic uber feminine thing as a kind of, I suppose, feminist thing in the Jezebels, like a bit of a this is what the male music critics tell you you shouldn't do, so I'm right. going to do it, but and be really dramatic and over the top. But these days the drama, I'm more romantic about it, but mm. I suppose I just think that we're crushing the melodic spectrum in pop music all the time at the same time as we're compressing everything yeah. and i feel like there's a little bit of a kind of international <laughs> conspiracy to like crush the power of music into like this melodic frame and this compression and everything's okay. the same volume and there's no journey and it's all the opposite of unchained melody yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that really saddens me a bit and, and particularly women who don't project like they just don't project. Like it's just the there's there's quite a few projection pop singers, but like you mean grit, like grit and 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 power, right? Well, and yeah, really, like they don't. It's to do with technology. The microphones are so much better. So there are these younger singers like exploring, you know, how the microphone can pick up all these different things, and it's, they're doing great things. But like they're doing these layering, small whispered things, and yeah. it's like yeah. back in the day when Dusty Springfield was singing, like the mics weren't as good. So like you know, you had to project and a good singer was just the kind of person who could get across the room. And it's, I'm not saying that contemporary singers aren't good singers. They're actually probably better singers because you're hearing more detail. But I just love the emotion of like Motown and oh my God. those pure love songs where like yeah. people are just singing and it's like, it's just my favourite part. It just gives me, I'm, I'm ultimately a romantic underneath, I think. And oh, I'm just discovering that. And it's like, to me, there is a cynicism to understatement. Yeah. And I'm just, I mean, there's a place for it, but that's just not what I'm doing with my music right now. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool, man. And then you've got the video that goes along with it, which is so, it's so stylistic and, and, um, 
God, I know it's look a bit Tarantino-y as well, as I guess as well. But sort of retro, yeah, but thick with colour and 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 it's sort of like uh, no, it's got a seedy but cool retro vibe to it. It's really and um, th- was that your vision or was that um, I forgot the name of the guy who directed Tyson it Perkins, my mate. Yeah, he he. I mean, I wish I could remember the term that he used. It was like something to myth. Like it was like um, something to do with this idea that like you alluded to a mythology. Yes. But there was no actual mythology. Like he likes a kind of pseudo mythology or something. Too. Okay. It's like you, wow. you, you kind of allude to symbols or feelings. And, and we know that there's a lot there and we talked through a lot of weird meanings and details and a lot of it didn't make it in but when you have these in-depth subtext when you have these in-depth chats about all the subtext and everyone there kind of knows that it's going in it colors it in some way even if those shots don't make it they were there and this strange thing that happens when you it's like when we used to record with the band we used to put pictures up of all the people we liked or wanted to channel and it's not like any sometimes you'd go so far and you'd put some crazy aberesque thing in there and you'd take it out but the fact that it had been there kind of flavors the whole thing and tweaks and informs things so i think yeah we did talk a lot about that but ultimately like he's a cinematographer and he's okay that makes sense not so much a director but he was just it was just a bunch of mate all my videos are just helping feel It's a feel. That's that makes feel a lot of sense. Yeah. That you said like yeah. um, he's a cinematographer. There. Yeah, that's kind of put a piece in the yeah. puzzle. But it's 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 cool, you know, to 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 make this sort of oh god, I don't know the the circle. The circle is now complete. Um, because um, having having watched, having listened to your track on Made and gone in, in this little journey about you know Jezebels and what have you, and and now talking to you it's really it's, it's really cool it's not often that that happens i had that with um a character who who plays the um shelter worker helper yeah i d- saw d- that you did that i haven't listened to it yet she was she, great yeah she was great and it's not often that you get that immediate so you know, i get to talk to someone that quickly when a show is that popular or it's not often that i get to talk to someone like yourself quickly you know normally it can be quite yeah. a, a quite a long process so it's really cool to just be on that wave still because sometimes i come down the other side and i'm like i have to re-inspire myself but um what can i just ask what was what was it like for you when you first heard um god i've only got a couple of bloody minutes uh <laughs> big question what was it like when you heard your music in made <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh it was great, great. thanks I, bye i hadn't i it took me a while to watch it because i've been busy doing assessment tasks uh, but okay. i had a lot of people messaging me about it yeah and um and i've been getting notifications on the on youtube all the time like here from made here from, and i was like i'd forgotten about it i just approved some sync like months ago and i was just didn't think yeah. it was gonna be a thing and then it was just like people going oh i saw you so like friends from high school messaging me and i was like what's going on here like is yeah. this show quite good or something and then i finally watched it and i was like I really feel like it's appropriate that they use my song one because yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really relate to this. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, they just did an amazing job. 
Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's, it's right. It was really emotional. It was. I mean, I felt emotional about the show anyway, and then to have a song like because I what I really wanted to put into that song was the complexity. Like it's it it's not. It's obviously it's addressing the danger that a woman can face walking the street, yeah. and but it's an optimistic song about like suddenly I can, and I don't know if that's a reality or it's a future. And also it's quite romantic, like I would be walking home to a man. It's not saying men are dangerous. It's saying, you know, Some it's, it's multifaceted and it's romantic and it's hopeful and it's it's really an optimistic song, even though there is a subtext of like some of the most horrific things that you can think of in there. Right, yeah. And, and I really liked that about Mage. Like I just thought they have they have not been binary here. They've worked out that there's like a hole and it's feel good and it's tragic and there's moments there where you think she's going to die yeah. and you're like, are they going to go down? Because they could and that okay. would work. But yeah. like, you know, and it, it, I just felt like it was really well placed but also, yeah, I don't know, I probably would have felt really emotional about that show had I not been on it. So, you know, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, good. Okay, I've got to go. but. You've got to go. Uh, my wife has the office now. She's because um, she starts work at nine normally. So she's generously given me the office. Good on her. Um, well, I mean, I think we covered most of the stuff. Yeah. Really. I mean, it would have been nice to have had a little bit more time. But I, yeah, it's it's one of those things. But we did do I, I felt like we, 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 we did we did some good shit, man. Keep it, keep it choppy. Keep it choppy. Keep them wanting more. We can talk again <laughs> later if you like. Right, Haley. We, 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 if we talk, we're talking about a years time. Where it would be really exciting to see I'm where you are with your course. Okay, you moving to your whereabouts? Probably London. We were talking about Manchester, but then we decided to go for the jugular. Go for London, and then uh, we can meet for a beer. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Where are you in London? <laughs> well, no, we're in. I'm in. I'm in Norfolk in Dis, but it's only an hour and a half on the train, so it's no big deal. Okay, I'm not going to move to Norfolk, so you can come to <laughs> London. <laughs> All right. All right, mate. Thank look you after yourself. Having me. I'm sorry I was late. Um, no, it's, but it's been a real treat. There. It's been a treat. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers, right. mate. Bye. Bye.